Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're going to close out the hour talking about the movie Encanto, about a magical Colombian family. The animated film has blown up, especially after it began streaming on Disney+, and a lot of people attribute its success not just to its themes, but also its soundtrack. This is our home, we've got every generation, so full of music, rhythm of its own design. This is my family, a perfect constellation, so many stars and everybody gets to shine. Whoa! Let's be clear up while I run this show. Whoa! She let us here so many years ago. Whoa! And every year our family blessings grow. There's just a lot you simply got to know. So, welcome to the family, Madrigal. And welcome to forum guests, Pamela Avila. And Bethany Butler. Pamela Avila is a Los Angeles-based entertainment editor for USA Today and author of the article, What Disney's Encanto Teaches Us About Self-Worth and Overcoming Intergenerational Family Trauma. Pamela, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, thank you for having me. Also, Bethany Butler is with us, a reporter covering television and pop culture for The Washington Post. Bethany Butler, glad to have you on as well. Thanks so much for having me. So, Bethany, when we say Encanto's soundtrack has been successful, what does that mean exactly? Um, so right now that means that the soundtrack is number one on the Billboard uh, 200 albums chart. And there are currently six songs from the soundtrack that are on the Hot 100. Wow. And I also know that there have been a ton of like Encanto-themed TikToks that have come out. Can you talk a little bit about those? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, Encanto is one of the uh, most searched uh, hashtags on TikTok right now. Um, people are reenacting the musical numbers. They're talking about the trauma that many of the characters are going through. Um, there's just a wide variety. And there's also, I think, a section of TikTok Um with parents talking about how much they grudgingly love these songs. So all of that is contributing to the popularity of this soundtrack. And the right. Movie. If success is based on whether uh, people who know young kids uh, are hearing it all around them. I mean, producer Blanca, her kids cannot stop singing the songs and says that her daughter Lucero's favorite is actually We Don't Talk About Bruno. So can you just talk about that song a little bit and why it's grabbed people so much? Yes. So We Don't Talk About Bruno is an ensemble number, um, and it's a pretty important one to the story. Um, it is it is currently number four on the Billboard chart. Um, so it's the highest charting Disney song in 26 years. And I believe it was Colors of the Wind in 1995. That was the last one um, to hit number four. So it's done better even than Let It Go from oh Frozen. Goodness. 
which was obviously a very popular song. Um, and again, with Bruno, there are so many different variations. There's a trap version of We Don't Talk About Bruno. Um, it's just really exploded. Well, let's let our listeners hear it. We Don't Talk About Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. But it was my wedding day. It was our wedding day. We were getting ready and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. No clouds allowed in the sky. Bruno walks in with a mischievous grin. You're telling this story or am I? I'm sorry, me be that go wrong. Bruno says it looks like that's we don't talk about bruno from the movie and canto and listeners if you saw the movie heard the songs want to share your thoughts on them you can do so at 866-733-6786 get in touch on twitter or facebook or instagram at kqd forum email us forum at kqed.org you know pamela one of the things that's interesting about the popularity of bruno is the fact that it is such a narrative song it is really moving the story forward I want to talk with you a little bit about the story itself that the music propels. Can you talk about what you saw as the themes and why that really stood out to you coming from Disney? I mean, I walked into the film expecting something completely different. And, um, you know, because it is uh, an animated Disney film, I was expecting maybe something a little more lighthearted. So walking out of the theater after seeing a lot of those themes of generational trauma and self-worth play out on the screen, uh, I felt like, you know, I needed to write something about it. It was really interesting and in a way exciting to see those complicated dynamics at play within multi-generational Latinx families in Encanto. Mm -hmm. So I felt that perhaps other viewers uh, my age or that are also identifying as uh, Latin American millennials might have also related to to those uh, to those storylines and to the songs that also propel the story forward. Yeah, you have this really great sentence in your piece. For USA Today, where you write Mirabel, which is the main character, does what so many Latinx millennials working to break generational trauma want to do, stand up to the root of the issue, to the very person causing the hurt and pain. Uh, lots of listeners are weighing in as well. This listener tweets, I really think the songs are so good because the overall film is so good. The songs work with really great themes. Uh, set up through story and character development. I wish the box office was better for the film, but it seems to have grown in popularity on streaming. And it so has. Sarah tweets, I've had the opening song stuck in my head for days. A <laughs> listener writes on Instagram, all of them, all the time. Carissa writes, full soundtrack, baby. <laughs> um, the other thing, and I think you touched on this, Pamela, is it really explores the pressures of having to carry so many burdens. Uh, to keep this magic alive. And you, you hear that a lot in surface pressure. What did you think of that one? I think that aside from We Don't Talk About Bruno, that's probably my second favorite song. Um, it's also really catchy, but I think it it's 
one of my favorites because it just hits a little close to home in different ways with the lyrics. And I think um, Luisa's song, you know, it represents all of the caretaker figures and eldest daughters in uh, Latinx families, in my opinion. And, you know, the things that she that she sings about, you know, being the strong one and never having to ask how how hard the the workload is. And, you know, basically all of the encanto is on her shoulders. And overall, the song just talks about, you know, how she bases her self-worth on her acts of service to others. So I thought that was also a really interesting um, song and and for and for her as a character because again it just goes back to those themes of um just sticking to the same old ways because Luisa doesn't know what else she can do or how else she can be of service to to the family or how she can maybe be of service to herself and put herself first instead. Mm. So Pamela, it sounds like you were really struck by how Disney was able to touch on, on these nuances. Um, well, let's hear a little bit of surface pressure right now. That surface pressure from the movie Encanto, sung by the character of Luisa, whose magical power is superhuman strength and feels a lot of responsibility to use it to protect the family. And this listener writes on Instagram, surface pressure is a bop and an eldest sibling anthem. You, our listeners, are sharing your thoughts on Encanto and why the movie has spurred so many musical hits. We're talking with Pamela Avila, an LA-based entertainment editor for USA Today. Her piece, What Disney's Encanto Teaches Us About Self-Worth and Overcoming Intergenerational Family Trauma. Bethany Butler is with us, a reporter covering television and pop culture for The Washington Post, wrote a piece called How Encanto and Its Vibrant Soundtrack Became a Viral Phenomenon. And of course, you can share your thoughts on those reasons by posting them on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum, emailing them forum at kqed.org, posting them on Instagram, or calling us 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. Bethany, in addition to all the other things that service pressure that we've touched on really seems to reflect, you also seem to think that it grabbed people because because it connected to the issues we're facing with the pandemic, right? Yes, I think, you know, as a, I can speak personally, you know, as a working parent who has my daughter home, my Encanto fan, <laughs> um, you know, it is a lot of pressure and sort of juggling and we're all sort of doing the best we can. So I think there are so many different ways that people can relate to that song, whether you, you know, like Louisa, you're juggling sort of the burdens of your family and trying to help um, your family or you're juggling things right now because of the pandemic. Well, Richard writes on Instagram, that's what you get when you put Lin-Manuel Miranda in charge of the music. Everything he touches is gold. He's Disney's new Sherman Brothers, but even better. Can you talk about that a little bit, Bethany? Because I have read mixed things about Lin-Manuel Miranda being on this project. There are some people who are just like, 
he needs to give it a rest. He's just been doing too much. I thought the music was just okay. And then there are others who are like, he really came through in this piece with his brilliance and so on in this in this film. So wondering if you could touch on why that you think that's emerging and then also share your thoughts on whether you think it's accurate, what you think is accurate. Absolutely. So yes, there are effusive opinions on both sides. And I think just to recap here, um, we know that Lin-Manuel Miranda did the soundtrack to this film. He did um, many of the songs in Vivo, which came out on Netflix last year. He also had In the Heights, which of course was his first Broadway musical, and that came to HBO Max and theaters, um, I believe, over the summer. Um, he also directed a film last year. So the man has been very, very, very busy. Um, so I think there's a sense that maybe just for his own personal, you know, self-care, he might want to take a break. Um, but we know that there are many Lin-Manuel Miranda fans who love this soundtrack. You know, the thing about Lin-Manuel Miranda from the start of his career, he's pulled in, you know, popular music especially hip hop. And I think you see that in this soundtrack. And you also see a lot of traditional Colombian and other Latin rhythms um, that he worked in. And I feel like that's a signature of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, now, I personally am a big fan of this soundtrack. Um, it's probably one of my favorite Disney soundtracks ever. Um, so I might be a little biased, but that's my personal opinion. <laughs> We're talking about Encanto, and you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Um, Pamela, Bethany brought up In the Heights, and I know that one of the criticisms that that received was that there was not a lot of representation of Afro-Latinos. And I think you point out in your film that you feel like Encanto did a much better job of that, and that maybe he learned his lesson from In the Heights as well. But yeah, talk about, talk about how you think this film did overall on that level of representation and even just the uniqueness of featuring Columbia uh, for Disney? Well, as someone, I my family is from Mexico, so it was good to see um, another a different country kind of represented in the mainstream. And I it was also a learning experience to kind of learn a little bit more about Colombia and their traditions or the way that they might dress or eat or also the music because a lot of uh, like Bethany mentioned uh, in her piece a lot of the soundtrack also includes other Colombian uh, artists but I think it also did a really good job at just making sure that it didn't represent Latinos as a monolith and it showed a variety of skin tones, hair textures, and, and just, you know, a, just a variety of Latinos and the fact that we don't, we don't all just, you know, look the same or, or talk the same or have the same skin tones and things like that. And I did see the backlash that Lin-Manuel Miranda received from uh, in, in the Heights. And I think, I'm not I'm not too sure about whether, you know, um, he was really involved in that aspect of Encanto outside of the music. But I think it definitely was a project that I felt was a lot more representative than perhaps in the Heights as people as people had things to say about that. But at the same time, you know, one was animated, another wasn't. But I think 
Encanto did a really good job at just showcasing the multitudes of the Latinx community and also being able to place Colombia at, you know, at, at that level and make it the the back the the background of the film and just um, teach viewers and and young viewers as well about you know different cultures and and different communities. Well, Andres writes, I'm an adult and watched Encanto with my elderly mother. Afterwards, we both were sort of speechless. My mom asked me, so wait, what was that about? And I said, I think intergenerational trauma and getting free from it. And my mom said, wow, this was a children's movie, right? We laughed. And obviously, one of the most beautiful aspects of this film is that it carries such generational wisdom that both children and the elderly can benefit from. I think that comment really underscores the points you've been making, Pamela. Bethany, another point that Pamela made was that this film featured Colombian musicians. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So, um, yeah, really all throughout the soundtrack, there are Colombian musicians. Um, this sort of centerpiece song, Dos Uruguitas, um, that's the one that's been shortlisted for the Oscars. That song, now Lin-Manuel has said that he wrote that song as a um, sort of meant to, to represent like a folk song that in, in the Encanto universe, it's like a folk song that has been around for many years. That's how he envisioned it. Um, and that's, uh, that's sung by um, Sebastián Yatra, who is a popular Colombian singer, um, does a lot of urbano reggaeton. Um, and you also have more traditional artists like Carlos Vives. So he sings um, the uh, very lively uh, Colombia um, Encanto. So, um, like uh, just a celebration of Colombia. Um, and then you also have Colombian artists represented in the voice cast and thusly in the songs. Um, a lot of people have really latched on to Dolores, played by Adasa. Um, and then also Mori Maro Castillo, who plays um, Theo Felix. So I well, think, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So you think? Um, people, you know, I think that people are, are, people watching the film have gotten more exposure to Colombia in general and also their musicians. Yeah, well, what we're hearing in the background is Dos Uruguitas, and we are going to go out on that. Bethany Butler, thanks so much for talking with us. Thanks so much for having me. And Pamela Avila, really appreciate your insights on the film as well. Thank you so much. We've been talking about Encanto and its numerous musical hits. Blanca Torres produced this segment. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Mina Kim. This is Forum. Hacia adelante seguirás, vienen milagros, vienen crisálidas, hay que partir y construir su propio futuro. Hay orujitas, no se aguanten más, hay que crecer aparte y volver, hacia adelante seguirás, vienen milagros, vienen crisálidas. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. This is Barbara Leslie, president of the Oakland Port Commission. Oakland International Airport, OAK, is proud to bring you this podcast of KQED's Forum. 
When you're choosing your next adventure, the smart and convenient choice is to fly the East Bay Way from OAK to destinations across the USA and Mexico. And when you return home, tune in to KQED, always bringing us remarkable stories about who we are and where we live. Enjoy today's episode of Forum. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts.